1: Is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What's going on, Packers fans? Welcome into another Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am, of course, one of your co-hosts, Matt Fralick. Alongside me, once again, is Eli Berkovitz. Eli, to my surprise, and you kind of begrudgingly agreed with me, there's a Packers game today in Lambeau Field at noon. And I was under the impression, end of July, early August, I'm looking at the preseason schedule, Oh, there's only one game in Green Bay for the preseason. It's the Patriots. That's cool. Blah 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 blah. And I'm just awful keeping up with the preseason games. Which you know, to my to my credit, I'm not getting as a, much of a degenerate as you are when you're getting in and playing Fanduel lineups with um the absolute oh, just yeah. like children of the blind. So shout out to me for not paying attention. Shout out to you for paying attention. Actually knowing when the Green Bay Packers are playing um through the preseason.
2: Yeah, um, when when you're placing fan FanDuel lineups in the preseason, you know you're in a great place mentally.
1: Love it. I love it. So this week, uh, you know, just a little recap of training camp, guys. I actually went to the last training camp on Wednesday. Had a day in between starting a new job. So what better way to go out in the 95-plus heat? Um, and honestly, it wasn't that bad. Like, I tried to dress appropriate, but I wore, like, I would call it a black shirt. It was basically a dark, dark green Packers shirt with like an enormous graphic on it. So that was pretty stupid, Um, but a pretty solid day out there. Nonetheless, I would say based off of being the last practice, the heat, it kind of seemed like, I don't want to say guys were going through the motion, but it wasn't as physical as I remember the first practice I went to. Definitely not the second one, which was the second, um inner squad practice or, you know, inner team practice with the Patriots. You know, it was very physical, very chippy, etc. But overall, I saw some good things on Wednesday. I would say Sean Clifford looked really, really good. He is, and I think LaFleur said that on Thursday, which seemed pretty obvious at the time, but Sean Clifford definitely the number two quarterback. He looked great. He was getting a ton of snaps. Did really, really well in the uh, two-minute drill. Ended up getting a touchdown and a two-point conversion that converted for that, that offense to kind of win the – um, that section or that session for the offense. Outside of that, I mean, a couple guys just like nagging injuries look like um, injuries at this point are kind of building up. Nothing crazy as far as, you know, no huge names, but Anthony Johnson Jr. Saw him on the sideline with a, a wrapped up right knee. Um, it was still, you know, Bull Melton still wasn't practicing. A couple other guys just kind of taking it easy. Uh, obviously still, you know, Eric Stokes off the side, Rayshon Gare, we know getting involved a little bit, which is awesome. Um, Packers, of course, did finally put Tyler Davis on IR, I think earlier this week or late last week. So nothing crazy from the injury standpoint, which is one of our focal points, um, for this episode, just to guys get you primed up because every Friday when we record an episode, usually we're waiting for the injury report around three, three 30 for that weekend's game. Um, really no official injury report right now because they don't need to do that, but we definitely want to get you guys just ready for when Janelle Eli and myself put out an episode every Saturday, it'll be the injury report. And we like to go through and just break down who's on IR because we kind of forget about that. Some nagging injuries, maybe they've been having it throughout the whole year. But um, right now for the Packers, it's pretty thin. And that, that, that that's honestly, Eli, there's a lot of great things to pull from. And I don't want to jinx it going into week three here of the preseason, getting rest you know, for that one week off and then that week one match versus the Bears on SNF. But overall, it hasn't been too bad of an injury um, from standpoint. I would say it's been actually somewhat positive with Stokes and Gary kind of just like getting back to form.
2: Yeah, I mean, most important things are in training camp preseason is just staying healthy. And so far, for the most part, the Packers have. And to get Rashawn Gary back in practice, when we, you know, we were talking about maybe not seeing him till middle of the season, no one really knew, at least throughout most of this offseason, what we were going to you know, have with Gary this year. And now we're at the point where I think the expectation really is that he's going to be playing week one. If not week one two or three the latest but i mean he's basically back at practice so that's really exciting eric stokes i wish there would be more updates i guess but we'll see what happens with him at least he's out there doing some individual drills so yeah overall you know let's just get through this last game and get to the season
1: yeah, I would you know, no huge injuries. I guess the biggest one would be the Tyler Davis one just because they were so thin at that position. Now Austin Allen's having to get get reps. Josiah DeGuar's go. got to catch the ball more. Um just funny too, like you know, watching Eric Stokes like at one point during practice on Wednesday, he kind of got out there late doing some individual drills, maybe towards the south end zone of the of the two fields. And then at one point, they transition everyone over. I think it was for, for teams on the north side. And he is honestly, Eric Stokes, on a 60-yard field by himself. Like, there's no one there. There's two coaches, and they're throwing them balls. And he looked good running and stuff. But, you know, they're not a ton of hard cuts, no contact and whatnot. But overall, the way the Packers look right now as far as injuries, they look pretty good. So let's get just dive a little bit into for the Seattle Seahawks. Because there was some stuff this week, right? Jackson Smith and Jigba. Dove into the end zone, uh, had a diving catch, if you will, this last weekend in their preseason game. I believe it was versus the Cowboys. Uh, looked fine when he got up from the quick highlight I saw on Twitter or wherever I was getting it on my social or my phone. Uh, but ended up like fracturing or having like a, an injury on his wrist. He's going to be out for a couple weeks with some um, some some surgery. Probably won't be back until the first couple weeks of the season. So that's unfortunate for them with that offense that looking to take even the next step, I would say, with another explosive weapon like that for them. Along, say, you know, Gino had a great year last year, the other running backs they have. And of course, DK and Tyler Lockett, the veteran. Another one, too, that popped up, another first round pick, Devon Witherspoon, um, had a hamstring. I believe that was on Wednesday or maybe Wednesday or Thursday. He was on track to practice this week. It seems like he's still questionable based off of everything that I'm seeing. So, those are like the two main ones on the negative side. On the positive side for them, bigger names. Jamal Adams, as we know, he's been, I, I, I mean, I'm sure most Seahawks fans would say he's underperformed for what they did go acquire him for from the Jets a couple of years ago. Um, dealing with the quad, quadricep, uh, passed his physical finally on Thursday and was removed from the pup list on Thursday as well. So, uh, undoubtedly, I would think he is not going to play, being a veteran that he is, um, and just with some of the younger guys that have in that secondary on, on on Saturday when you're listening to this, but good for them to get him back. And then Jordan Brooks, young, quick linebacker for them. I believe he tore his ACL last year. Uh, looks like he was back practicing on Tuesday. Again, doubt he would be ready to come back. Similar thing, I would equate it to with Rayshon Gary, right? coming back I don't know when Jordan Brooks tore his knee but it seems like it was a little bit earlier in the year because if he was coming back later in the year it'd be it'd be wild but Gary's been coming back a little bit quicker from his week six injury so overall those are some of the big names for the Seahawks if you will now uh, none of these guys probably would see the field regardless if they were healthy but Just a couple gentlemen to throw out. I'm even going through the rest of the list, guys that jump out at me. Uh, Drew Locke was questionable. He left their preseason game, um, just had a knee injury. Something to monitor, I guess, today when they do play. If he gets a lot of reps, we were talking before the show, Eli, he had a pretty good preseason thus far. Uh, Your boy, Holton Aylers, might get a lot more of the snaps. We'll see what what he does, see if he can – light up your uh your fan duel lineup but outside of that for them I mean there's names on this list Eli I don't know if there's an, anyone that you're seeing on these lists that you've came across from the Seattle team but like there's questionable guys here and there but like no one that's like striking me unless I'm missing something
2: Yeah no uh the names that I thought were somewhat interesting you already mentioned so yeah
1: Awesome good I'm glad we're on the same page and then for the Packers I just want to briefly brush over scrolling back through here they do have the injury report on ESPN that I'm kind of just Uh, gazing through, like I already mentioned, Anthony Johnson Jr. Definitely something to monitor with that late injury or in the week. Um, Tarverius Moore, he was in sweats, ironically, on Wednesday when it was 95-plus degrees. Um, We know he exited the game versus the Patriots with that knee injury last Saturday. So it seems like he's almost falling to the wayside in that safety room. A, A lot of it this week was Rudy Ford. You know, the week previous, maybe it was Jonathan Owens, and then we mixing some down on Leavitt. It seems like Tavarius has kind of fallen to the wayside a little bit, which kind of sucks for him. Um, and after that, I mean, it's Bull Mountain. He's been plagued by a hamstring the last week. Um, one thing that I did notice on Wednesday, which he's not even on the list, and it seems like he battled through it, was kind of a weird thing. It was like a individual drills are just you know throwing the ball down down the left side of the sideline about 30 40 yards out and grant dubose who's had you know some injuries with his back went up and tweaked his knee a little bit looks like went to the trainer came back so it looks like he was fine but i don't see this even being listed anywhere and after that like really no one else i would love personally to see tyler goodson get back on the field i don't think i saw him at all on wednesday being at practice and i know it's a right arm injury Injury for Goodson. I don't know if it was a collarbone or what. um, But overall, like that's a player that I've, you know, have fallen in love with when he was. I mean, I definitely liked him when he was um, on Iowa, but definitely have loved him more being that he's a Packer and then he's actually just like been really, really good for them. I think he's an established guy. He can play a lot of spots. Unfortunately, it seems like Patrick Taylor's always beating him out just the way Patrick Taylor can play special teams. But those are kind of the main ones, I think. Um, And just let me just breeze past these one more time I mean there's a couple guys here and there but I, I it's always every year Eli I try to understand like the trend of the NFL like it seems like since when we had four games it was easier to understand how preseason would work three games it almost seems like the third one guys play a little bit more in that last game Um, you know formerly Aaron Rodgers it sounds like he's going to be playing a decent amount for the Jets in this game when they play so Outside of that, I would say those are the only other main ones that have been lingering around. Um, everyone else looks like they should be able to go of some relative note. So it should be pretty healthy teams for either side. And I would say mostly positive for both teams, especially I would say with the Seahawks, getting some of these um superstars or you know, above average players back for them. But overall, Eli, let's just you know get into the game preview. Like I said, noon kickoff in Lambo. Uh, we were talking before the episode i'm seeing on vivid seats i haven't looked at fan or excuse me fan duel ticket master or seat geek or anywhere else but looks like you can get tickets for about 15 16 bucks i've probably spent three times that on something stupid this week already so more than likely i'll be heading down to lambo and if i'm there for an hour it's well worth my time but that's kind of my plan for the game today um i don't imagine you're making the trip up but you know what are you kind gonna... of what do you, is there any, let's start on the Packers side. I think it's you know, more important to focus on that, especially be it a preseason game. Let's, let's kind of stick our, you know, stick our foot in the sand here a little bit with, are there certain players right now that you're kind of looking at? Um, and I think they talked about this last night On and I don't mean to meander here, but like last night on the broadcast of, I forget which game it was. Uh, I want to say it was the Philadelphia Eagles game and whoever they are playing and kind of just, uh, they talked to Sirianni at halftime and he basically, he was asked by the side or a reporter again, shouldn't know who that was. Um, about what he said to his team before the game. And it was like, really, like, you know, there's a lot of guys on this roster that might not be here in a week, right? But it's like, put your best tape out there. Um, are there certain guys, I mean, it, there this could be, there's really no right or wrong answer. I mean, there could be a wrong answer uh, or two, but are there any players specifically that maybe have had really positive training camps, two preseason games that you're like, you know, if they have another good contest or even an average one, they'll be in. Or is there anyone that, you know, like, hey, this has been a big name hasn't performed very well if they get an opportunity they really need to step up otherwise they could be on the chopping block take that any way you want but I think this is definitely you know the the third one third game being always the craziest especially when we get this drastic 90 to 53 in previous years when it was like that staggered um you know couple in a row
2: yeah uh well I think starting positive uh a name that excuse me a name that I mean I know I didn't know and that uh, like probably most Packer fans didn't know until training camp started, was Malik Heath, who has just made play after play after play, both in practice and in the preseason games, consistently getting targeted, making really impressive contested catches, catches with his hands, blocking pretty well for a receiver. So doing all the things that we know this coaching staff really likes to see, and considering the state of the wide receiver room right now, obviously, we know is a lot of young talent and guys that were all draft picks. And Goody doesn't generally cut draft picks, so it's going to be interesting to see if they're willing to keep seven receivers. But I mean, I think Heath already is like making this roster. But he does anything of note in this last preseason game, then they'll be in a position where there's there's no way they could cut him because I don't think I can think of a player who's had a better camp slash preseason, even as a surprise, and then doesn't make the roster. It just it wouldn't make sense. So Malik Heath is definitely in a position to get a surprise roster spot. And then on the other side, I mean, I think looking at someone like Royce Newman, who was a starter, uh, you know, as a rookie, played a lot of his played a lot of games as a starter, and if not starting, you know, he was a part of that rotation, came in when needed. And now here we are, and it's just been a pretty abysmal camp and preseason for him. He's just getting beat off the line, penalties, I mean, everything you don't want to see out of your offensive lineman. And it's just getting to the point where, all right, what was he, like a fifth-round pick or whatever, a fifth or sixth-round pick? Like, It's not that much of an investment. And I think there might be some younger talent behind him that I would rather wait and see on and not take the risk of them getting on another roster because Royce Newman, like you get him back on a practice squad. Sure. That's a solid practice squad offensive lineman. If you don't get him back, I don't think anyone's losing any sleep. You can replace a player like that. So Royce Newman is, you know, potentially going to go from a starter to off the roster in about two years. If he doesn't, you know, do some things, I have not seen a positive word on him all summer.
1: No, I love, I mean, we're kind of aligned here. So I want to start with the, the positive side. Um, Malik Heath absolutely has earned himself a roster spot. You look at his first week, um, first preseason game in Cincinnati, three catches, 36 yards, four targets. Builds some more rapport, goes into the next game last week. Five catches, 75 yards, five targets. Has been the, I think, the leading receiver for um, maybe Wicks has got him beat out a little bit, but it looks like he's the leading receiver. He's at a great camp, honestly. And like we looked, I would say after probably, I mean, in my opinion, after the first week of practice, it was Watson in no particular order, just reading this, Uh Watson, Dobbs, Jane Reed, Toure, like those were absolute locks. And then everything after that was kind of up in the air. Uh, Grant DuBose did himself, no help with those injuries, unfortunately, he was going through Dontavian Wicks. And it seemed like Malik Heath and Bull Melton were kind of carving themselves their way. And I would say definitely at this point, Malik Heath has bought himself on there a little bit more just because of the fact he's been more healthy right Bull Melton's been banged up like we already mentioned at the top of the show you know he's had some injuries that have plagued him I've seen I you know from going you know I think it was like every week I went to at least one practice I would say you know number 22 was flying off the board and it's not Shamar Jean Charles it was Deuce Watts Deuce Watts was getting a little bit more involved too that was a good player to see but I would say agree you know Malik Heath at this point continue to establish yourself you're not you know, one bad game away from being removed, but let's establish yourself as competing for that four spot. Maybe that five, I mean, for sure that five spot at this point, yeah. but put yourself into conversation. I I think it's an interesting one that you brought up about Royce Newman, because I actually, when you said it, I didn't even think you said Royce Newman. I thought you said Josh Myers until you were trying to say which draft pick he was. I'm like, Eli, you damn know, you know Josh Myers is a yeah. second round pick. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, wow, like he's, you're not wrong. Like Royce Newman, Has not really done himself any favors, like you mentioned. Used to be a starter, worked his way out. I think Royce Newman, unfortunately or unfortunately, probably unfortunately, has to make the team. You just look at where they are for the the guard position, right? Jake Hansen goes on what was he, IR the other day and or gets cut, but placed on IR, etc. Like so, or even just dismissed from the team, whatever it ended up being. So he's gone. And after that, they don't have a ton of bodies there. You know, Sean Ryan, we want to see him develop and he started out this year as taking some center snaps. That didn't work after a few days, and segue to the center spot. Like Josh Myers is a guy that man. Like I was, I, I don't get too jacked up for a preseason game, but I was pissed off last Friday night watching that game, and he had that botched uh, shotgun. Like that is just unexcusable. That can't happen. And like I'm screaming at the TV, my girlfriend comes, she's like, "What are you yelling?" I'm like, "I've honestly, I can't remember the last time I saw this happen for the Packers. I never. I can't remember the last time I saw." a shotgun snap, go that far behind the line. Then the quarterback tried to pick it up and get just, it was just ugly. So like, I think overall, let's just put both those guys in the same box, right? Both of them, you know, Royce Newman came in as I would say had to earn his roster spot to be a starter, earn that at one point. Then John Runyon kind of came in and slid in and he's been an absolute, you know, just blue chip guy at that right guard spot on that right side. And now it's like Josh Myers, I we've gone up and down, right? It's, he's gets blown up up the middle some of it was injury plagued. How much he's going to get in rhythm with Jordan Love? And I, from this week, it w- seemed like they were really, really trying to get a new uh, operation out there. So it was Bakhtiari, Elton. Then they put Zach Thomas center, which has been a common theme. Josh Run, Josh Running, John Running, and then they had Rasheed Walker on the right side. Um, you know, I think Najman could have his opportunity there as well. And I think if if Walker and Najman are continuing to play where they're at, it makes it un. It makes it so easy to move Zach Tom in the interior because you're not relying on one of those guys to perform on the outside. If one of them has a bad game, you can slide either one in with the development of Rasheed Walker to compete with Yash Najiman. I think it just makes it that much easier. So definitely the offensive line, I mean, good problem to have, as always, with the Packers, that they have a bunch of bodies and they'll put their best five out there, as we know, in quotes, best five out there. But week to week, covering them with Packaday, covering it via Twitter, it does make you a little bit angsty going into every week once we get in the regular season because one injury comes, like we had last year, and you just don't know what that five looks like. And it's every single freaking week, 90 minutes before the game, okay, this guy's inactive there before we can you know put in the five that we think, but it's kind of been a rotation. There was games and there has been games where it's just, you know, one series, they're doing it this way. The next series, they're doing it different. Different. The first half, it's like this. Second half, a guy has a, a tweak. They move it around. So it, it definitely makes you a little bit anxious to know who's going to be out there and who's going to succeed. But overall, I would say, yeah, I mean, I I just think that interior, that offensive line outside of, of course, Elton Jenkins is kind of still up for a grab. So we'll see what happens um, for them. But after that, uh, we kind of already discussed it. Like Sean Clifford looks pretty good. Like he's definitely, he's definitely grown since the first practice I saw. I think Etling looked probably look better in comparison to him. Alex Magoo definitely was getting more snaps. It seems like his have kind of dwindled there. So I imagine Sean Clifford's going to play a whole ton of this game. Um, after that defensively, I think depending if or not, I would assume not Anthony Johnson jr. Can't go. Um, I think that probably impacts his roster availability going forward. Again, same with that safety position. I'm not so sure, you know, where where the safeties are lined up right now. Who's the guy I already mentioned that um, was banged up? But wh- whoever he was, like, that's that's going to be an issue uh, to various more. Like, that's going to be a problem going forward. So I think just that safety spot. Um, and then the front seven. I mean, we talk about it all the time. But I, I love the, the young guys that have up front there. It's going to be kind of tough once you get past like almost like the once you get to the third stringers there's some guys back there that's like they could probably walk but it'd be nice for depth but you know going through just quickly obviously tj slayton kenny clark Devontae wyatt colby wooden uh carl brooks who have both had really good outings on on friday jonathan ford like those six are for sure locked in um you know maybe chris slayton I know Jason Lawan is battling an injury. I omitted talking about him, but I'm just excited, honestly, just to watch another game. Them to do it in Lambeau, uh, another reason to get excited. And then you can continue to run with this conversation, Eli. But I've been really fascinated with just the running back group. It's it's been an evolving door, if you will, for them. Of course, it's 33 and 28. Patrick Taylor seems just like the veteran that's just like locking it down. He's going to punch in, punch out, and be solid. But really, it's like those four guys after that. They draft Lou Nichols he seems to drop balls all the time that bring in Nate McCrary off the street. He's been okay. Emmanuel Wilson has exploded onto the scene with Tyler Goodson's, you know, uh, injury. And then Lou Nichols, not being able to catch the ball, but that's the last one I would say. It's been pretty interesting, but, um, yeah, I don't know if there's any other players you're looking at it. We have we've, uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. We've uh, chip-blocked our way or uh, evaded the special teams unit as of this conversation. Um, looks like it was a good week for Anders Carlson, but overall that's just kind of where I'm thinking going into the third preseason game.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, now that you've brought it up, I will be very curious to see how Carlson performs this week. For anyone who is curious or concerned about Carlson, you can head over to Packer Report. I wrote up a little piece on him this week. And, you know, just kind of my concerns with the situation, which some people took as me not being a fan of Carlson. Like, obviously, I would love for Carlson to be the next Mason Crosby, and we don't have to worry about kicker for the next 15 years. But at the same time, if he's missing 35 to 40% of his kicks, that's just not going to work. And I don't really care that they drafted him or that. Bisaccia likes him. Like bottom line, when you're a kicker, you have one job. And if it's not, if you're not doing it, that's it. So we'll see how that goes. And then anything else? I feel like there was one player. Oh, I am curious to see, you know, Rasheed Walker, if he could continue after a strong performance uh, versus the Patriots, you know, give the team, I think a lot of confidence. And then I think, you know, someone mentioned it on Twitter and I think it's sign that they should still Look into potentially, which is trading Yash Um, You know, you could maybe get a, you know a day two pick, possibly. Um, if not a day two pick, maybe a fourth rounder. Because at the end of the day, you, you know, if you can build up depth with Walker and Caleb Jones at tackle, you might you might be able to do that. So I guess we'll see uh, how that goes. But I I do hope Walker continues his strong performances.
1: Definitely. What I mean. Wednesday too, they're going through special teams, right? And they're just going through the process, not kicking the ball. And I think that's that says a lot from the field goal kicking unit or extra point unit, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's one. Number two, month ago, month and a half ago, for all you people that follow Pack a Day podcast religiously, Andy had on Justin Musqueda on the uh the YouTube side, and they were conversing about the fact that Yash Neisman could be traded. And at the time, I'm like, that's the dumbest thing. Why would you do that? It's such a luxury to have him, yada, yada, yada. Why would you do that? You tender him this, that. And it's like, well, Josh has been fine. There's really nothing that's been wrong with him, but it's been the development of Shreed Walker and somewhat also Caleb Jones. Like you have all these tackles, like that is a very, very pricey, you know, luxury to have not, not pricey, but it's a, it's a great thing to have just to have guys that can play on either end. And I think it just speaks to the, to the the growth of Rashid Walker specifically how they could possibly move on um I personally l- always I know I said like it makes me anxious going into games but I've always loved the fact the last you know under the gudikins era especially offensive line has really hasn't been a problem it's been always like you know oh there's a sixth guy or seventh guy there interior on the edge that we're always going to be comfortable with so um, yeah, let's just see. I, I think that's a good, that's just a good way to like, kind of wrap it up. Like Rasheed Walker, or Caleb Jones, like if they can continue to go and develop and maybe they're tradable, who knows? Maybe at that point, someone's going to trade for him because I would guarantee over the next, whether it's an injury, not to wish an injury over the next week, but someone's going to have a, an, a right tackle or a left tackle either go down or they're not performing because they've aged or they're too young and they can't handle it. And the Packers honestly have no doubt the luxury of having a couple of them. So it'd be interesting if they move any of them, but I would love them all to stay on the team. Um, they're clearly going to stay on the active roster. Otherwise, Rasheed Walker, you know, would get picked up, I believe, um, unlike last year off a of practice squad. So we'll see what happens. I'm I'm excited. I'm going to be hopefully going. I mean, hopefully I just need to go ahead and pull the credit card out and go to the game. I'm checking the weather here, Eli. It's been, you know, we had that 95 degree day in Green Bay and it has been very, very mediocre since. I know we... As you know, everywhere is basically having some strange weather with stuff out in California. We still got fires going on. We got crazy storms in the Midwest. It's it's been wild. But today, as I'm reading this on Friday, looks like the projection for tomorrow is sunny, 60. Actually, which is kind of crazy. Uh 63.
2: See, I wish it was 63 last week at the game. Yeah, I could have yeah. popped out my Packers onesie pajamas I bought, but it was too hot. <laughs>
1: I was I was even looking. I'm like, I'm even looking at the right time right now. Is this no? It's at midnight. Midnight. It's actually gonna be warmer, so it's I guess tomorrow is gonna be a little bit chilly. So maybe yeah, maybe look at the bust up my new eBay uh, crew neck I got from uh, this past off season. I was, was gearing up for the football season, but noon kickoff, Seattle at Packers. Main thing for both teams, of course, get out there as healthy as you can. Uh, unfortunately. If you are a fan of the NFL going to the Packer game or even watching on TV of a different team, you're not going to get to see some of the young guys for the Seattle Seahawks. But nonetheless, there'll be be some fireworks, Um, no pun intended, from the Packers. I think the Seattle running game would be awesome to watch, too, because they're going to focus on that. It seems like that's been a big focal point for them this year uh, to continue to evolve that offense. But overall, it should be a good game. Um, I think the last time we spoke, Eli, was before family night, believe it or not. Somehow we figured out to find some links, whether it be Twitch, whether it be some random streams. Um, This, I believe, is being broadcast in just the the local area, so you might have to go ahead and find a stream somehow else. It won't be as puppy-guarded, if you will, as the previous one being on Family Night, which, again, still seems crazy to me that they needed to do that. But, yeah, looks like it'll be on tomorrow. I'm just trying to find the... Um. doesn't have, I don't have a, a broadcast, so if you can't find it, I'm sure someone will be streaming it. If not, maybe it's on NFL Network. There's a ton of games on Saturday, so we'll see I what happens.
2: I think you could find, Saying if you have NFL Plus, then I think you could watch it Dot NFL.com, but then otherwise, yeah, there, I'm sure there'll be some illegal streams going around.
1: Yeah you and I are pretty good with finding those at our fingertips. Um, So yeah, we'll put those out on the Twitter timeline or DM us if you have any questions. And if anyone's coming into town tomorrow or today, uh, hit me up on Twitter. If you want to grab a drink, meet up, do whatever, uh, meet up before the game. Always happy to do that. And you can of course, follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. Uh, That's at M a T T underscore F R a underscore. If you have yet, as you're listening to this to subscribe on, however, you're listening to this podcast, please go ahead and do So if you're driving, hand it to your passenger, swipe up on your phone, unlock it, just have them do it. Uh, Five-star review would be great uh, as well, but continue to following us however you do that on the podcast side. And of course, on the video side, not much has to be said at this point. Andy's been crushing it over there. Um, Go follow Packaday Podcast on YouTube. I'm assuming he didn't do a... Oh, Eli, no back-to-back weeks, no happy hour from Andy Herman. That's, that's a tough scene. I know the happy hours are getting getting going, but usually towards the Friday's end of summer, Andy's trying to be the best dad possible with his two sons and probably trying to not to sit around at 4 o'clock and drink beer and talk Packers. Um, but go check us out on YouTube on Pack-A-Day Podcast. He had some really good stuff again this week. Recap of training camp, essentially. He had a – eh, not a clickbaity one, but definitely one that I know is going to get more clicks than general. A roster lock one. Got a Josiah DeGuara thumbnail. Uh, so go ahead and look at that because we are getting close to roster cut down time. I'm sure he's going to go back and through his other predictions that he had because I know he did one early in the year. And the final plug for them before I let Eli plug whatever he's got going on, go check out PackadayPodcast.com. That's where all the merch is. My mom asked me what I want for my birthday this last week. Eli Send through the link for the Packaday Podcast hoodie. Uh, oh, yeah. Getting the, I think the charcoal one? charcoal uh, Size XL got it always right. gotta be asphalt heather. That's what we're going with. I'm like, I'm not sure what asphalt heather is, but it's not black. Mix it up. So I'm excited to get that in the mail. And I know Andy was rocking his t-shirt on the uh the YouTube side this week. So this is the first merch I bought for, for Packaday. But if you guys would go out and support that, I think I just anytime I'm like gonna wear this, I'm like, if someone comes up to me and like says, like, oh, you know what packaday podcast is, like, just that alone's gonna be awesome. Cause I've seen it yeah. a couple times in in the wild, in in IRL. But um, yeah, that's that's enough plugs for me and Pack of Day podcast. Eli, what do you got going on? I know the Pack had an episode this week, or if not last week, maybe two now. You guys are ramping up as we get out of the preseason, but let everyone know what you got going on. It sounds like you had an article this week on on Anders Carlson as well.
2: Yeah. So starting with that, my writing over at packreport.com. I think throughout this season, you will most likely find my pieces Thursday on Thursday mornings, maybe do some like preview action uh, for the upcoming game. So We'll see how that goes. And, yes, the pack has finally returned. And I think now nah, I say it every week, but I'll say it again. I think we can, can say we will see you next week and every week after. Um, I think our new night will be Tuesday night. But if you did miss this past week, go check it out. Me and Zach just, you know, cover everything going on, some bold predictions, some hot takes. So that's always fun. And... Yeah, of course, here on Packaday. But other than that, you can just find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Love it,
1: love it. Well, Eli, next time we talk, uh, pre- presumably that our lives don't get in the way of, our, uh, you know, of an episode recording, we will be a full week out from a f- official NFL game, of course. that will be next Friday and we'll come out on Saturday but we sh- uh, should, I should double check this when the roster cut down happens, but I believe we'd have our final 29th. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely, it, Tuesday will be D-Day, if you will, or, you know, just, it's going to be a crazy day. So Tuesday the 29th, I appreciate you having that at your fingertips. That's going to be wild. Um, it's going to be, a. I think, it's just a couple, you know, crazy 42, 48, 72 hours after that because it'll be the reaction of guys letting that go if they're going to make it back to the practice squad. And then of course, just like that, just like yesterday, being Thursday when Isaiah Simmons gets traded for a seventh round pick, people want to get Budabaker. Baker. There's all this, you know, Josh, Josh Jones, the lineman gets. Tra- it's just this whole thing that the Cardinals are doing that was stirring the Packers community. And as much as I like Isaiah Simmons and Madden using him as a user, right, six three six four, he's quick. I don't know if he would fit what the Packers are trying to do right now, but I know people next week will be uh, pretty jacked up about who whoever is cut, a surprise cut on our team, and. Uh, throughout the other 31 teams, but I know there'll be a couple next week that were like, "Holy shit!" Didn't expect that because you have to get that roster down so many spots. But we'll see what happens. But to stay in contact and be up to date on everything, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter, Pack a Day Podcast. Hit those notifications, and of course, like I said on the YouTube and the in the uh, podcast side, because whenever that news happens, we'll break it down for that day, and you'll get it in your ears or on your eyeballs the following day. Uh, but for Eli Berkovitz, I am Matt Fralick. You guys take care, be well, and of course.
0: Go pick up.